Okay, yeah, we're ready. All right, let's get into the teaching, all right? Um, thank you guys for giving towards that. And uh, yeah, we'll, do, we'll give one more week next week and I'll try to give us an update on how much we've raised and how much we need, all right? All right, so as you know, as Sarah introduced, we're in this season of Advent. And uh, today, the conversation's gonna center around the word love. Last week was hope. Matt Vandermeyeracker shared with us. And today's gonna be about love. And uh, man, just before we even start, I just wanna let you know, like God loves you. He loves you. And my guess is many of you have heard that, have had that said to you, or you read it on a sign somewhere or a billboard or something. Um, But today, we're gonna really sit in that truth uh, that God just loves you. And that's kind of the end of it. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts, unwavering love. And I just want to talk about that for a little bit. And as I was preparing uh, for this teaching, uh, like last night and this morning, get <laughs> back from my honeymoon, uh, I, I was just thinking about this, a uh, couple, couple of my friends from over at the cannery, Aaron and Amy Etheridge. Um, Aaron's the campus pastor at cannery. And uh, he and Amy, I remember uh, roughly a year or so, more or less, I can't remember, my memory's bad, but um, Aaron was sitting with our staff and just told our, told our staff that, hey, just so you know, God has put it on Amy and I's heart to adopt. We really want to adopt. And uh, they already had three kids, so I thought that was pretty crazy, but they seemed ready and confident of God's calling on their life, so I didn't say anything, not that it would have mattered. <laughs> but uh, no, I was in full support of their adoptions, their business. So, man, gosh, my jokes stink today. All right, no more. I'm just going to tell you the story. Um, so, Amy and Aaron started this journey about adoption, and I didn't know a lot about it. Um, I knew very, very little. And being able to walk with Aaron every day, uh, just at the office, I got to learn a few things. I still don't know a lot of details. I know there is a lot, lot, lot of paperwork. And initially, they were going to go global, but they ended up going domestic. So they did a lot, lot, lot of paperwork. Um, I know that it's a really heavy financial investment. Um, they were doing some fundraising. Uh, they did it at the cannery, and um, I knew that was a big ask on them. Like, it was a total face step financially. <laughs> like, didn't know if the money was going to come or not, but they just felt God calling them to do it. Um, I know that there was a lot of time asked of them, a lot of, like, phone calls, in-home visits. And, and that's really just, from what I can tell, all right, if I miss anything up, it's because I don't know a lot, but that's just to get your foot in the door, right? You do all this paperwork, the phone calls, the in-home visits, the, the payments, everything, and that's just to say, okay, we've got your name on a list. And they don't say, we'll have a, a mom call you by Thursday at 10 and we'll have you a child, right? It's, it's a waiting game, right? You just wait. You don't know. It, it could come tomorrow. It could come in three years. You actually really have very little control over the situation. And just being a part of that and watching like Aaron and Amy, like faithfully just trust the Lord. They were like twists and turns, like moments of unsure, like how this is gonna work and just watching them go through this. And then getting a phone call about a young mother in Florida who wanted to give her child up to be raised up in a safe home and safe environment, a stable home. And he goes, to, he and Amy go to, to Florida. And, and even then there's like Florida state laws and Tennessee state laws of which I know nothing about, but it complicates things. And even after the baby's born, like you still don't know because the mother could say, you know what, I've changed my mind, which is actually pretty common. And so they go to Florida, they're like, okay, the baby's been born, just keep praying. And I'm like, we gotta keep praying? Like you don't even, it's born, you don't know yet? And just watching like go, I'm like, wow, what this must be like as a mother and father, like the, the ebb and flow, the up and down of this like, this moment that's so impactful. And then finally they send us a picture on, on, our, on Slack where we talk to our old staff and they send a picture of baby Cara Hope who's in Nashville, Tennessee, and it's officially time to celebrate they have a daughter. You know, we're like, oh my goodness, that's so awesome. And I was just thinking about all they went through and just like what drove them to go through this really complicated, tiring, costly thing. And and I was thinking about baby Kara and being like, man, like one day she's gonna look back 
and realize how much love went into her being in the Etheridge family. And what a cool story. Like nothing short of a love. Like, and I was just blown away by like the love Amy and Aaron had for someone. They didn't even know who she was, where she was gonna be born, but man, they loved her already so much. Just think about that story. And Advent is such a season where we can think about the love of God. I wanna talk about that for a little bit today. It reminds me of the story of Mary and Joseph, really. If you think about how absurd their story was with baby Jesus, right? Um, we kind of take it for granted. Oh yeah, Jesus, born of a virgin. But let's, like, re- let's track this story. You can find it in Matthew 1 and 2 and Luke 1 and 2. But we have Mary and Joseph, this sweet little engaged couple, not yet married. The angel comes to Mary with just some low-key news. You're gonna bear the savior of the world. It's gonna be a virgin birth. Just go for it, you know, like whatever, right? Tells them this big news. And Mary and Joseph immediately have to embrace the social awkwardness and the social rejection they're inevitably going to. They, they're in a faith system that goes, man, if you're pregnant before marriage, something went wrong. And you're seen as unrighteous and unholy and it's just not very good, right? And, and Joseph and Mary embrace that. They don't flee from that. They embrace that. And then there's a census taken, so they have to travel to Bethlehem on a donkey. I've never ridden a donkey, and I've never been pregnant, but if I had to guess, both of those at the same time, like, eh, you know, not great, right? I'm just not comfortable. I don't know. I don't want to assume too much, right? They do that for Jesus, they go, just so they can go pay some taxes, right? Uh, and then after Jesus is born, uh, Herod has a power trip, realizes that his, he hears that some powerful Messiah has been born into the world and goes, okay, well, I'll take care of that. We're gonna kill every child that's two years and younger. And so Mary and Joseph have to flee for their life. And even thinking about that story, I've always thought about the fact that Jesus came, and that's important to think about, obviously, but realizing like, wow, the love that carried Mary and Joseph like to care for Jesus, like what an impactful story, like, that's awesome. And I wanna talk a little bit about two things that came to my mind as I was thinking about the Advent season and the love of God that I've thought of. And it'll be very brief, then I'm gonna invite us into an exercise to just absorb and reflect on the love of God that is ours, that is, that is ours for the taking. Now, there's two things I thought about. First is the creation story, uh, and then secondly is the coming of Jesus, all right? So uh, I kinda got lost in this thought. You know Genesis 1 where it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth? And we're... If you're like me, I grew up in church, so I hear that and I'm like, I know, that's the beginning of time. That's how that worked, right? God just created something. But man, lately, you can ask my wife this, the thought of the beginning has been freaking me out. True or false? Yeah. Like palm sweaty, like, babe, I can't go to sleep. I'm thinking about the beginning of time again, right? I am, it's so weird to me. I started asking the question, if there was a chapter before Genesis chapter one, what would that chapter say? Like, what is happening? Like, what's God up to, you know? What's he chilling with? Like, how's he hanging in existence, but like not existence, but like he's there, right? He's just sitting in, in whatever he's doing, right? And I started realizing like, oh, Genesis 1 was a pretty clear decision that God made. In the beginning, yeah, the beginning of time for like us, right? But God he didn't have one of those. Like, there wasn't it in the beginning for God. It freaks me out, and it, but it's, it's real. It's like, okay, what made God choose to create? Have you ever thought about that? Like, maybe this is not new to you, but to me, it's new. I'm like, wait, oh, that's right. Like, God wasn't like insecure and like, oh, I need, I need people. Like, I need some, it's like, he didn't need affirmation. No one could convince him that he was God more than he already was aware he was God. He was infinitely powerful and, and mighty, but yet he makes this decision 
to create. And what's awesome, as I just kept going down this little thought tunnel, so just come with me on this adventure, okay, is he doesn't just create. He creates humans. And aren't we kind of cute? Like, we're not like little drones going like, whatever you say, God, like, that's okay, great. Like, we're not machines. He creates us with, like, emotions. We have these little holes in our faces, and we make noises with them, and then you understand what that hole is communicating. Like, what is happening? Like, some of you just laughed because you thought it was funny because you understood what I said. And it was funny. Thank you. Gosh. Anyway, but I started thinking about like, we have things like laughter. What in the world is laughter? Except just the cutest reaction. Like we just start breathing extra heavy. Just, <laughs> just going for it. We cry. We feel connected. We feel happy for someone. When someone tells us good news, we feel something in that. When someone's hurting, we hurt. God doesn't just create, he creates humans with feelings and, and we're complicated and we love and, we, and our hearts break and so intricate. And when he creates it in all of his might and all of his power and all of his glory, I mean, what kind of God can just make things with his word? I did good. I don't do bad work. I'm God. I did good here. And he looks at humans. He goes, this is good. I wonder if you know that, that before you came here onto the earth, and well, to Ruby, but also before you were born, that he knew you were coming, and his thought toward your creation was this is good. This is no accident. I did not do a bad job. I did a great job. That when God looks at you, no questions asked, he knows he did good. Is that not powerful? Like, he chose that for us. I'm like, why? Why, why all of this? And the only answer I can come to is like, well, he loves us. It says in Genesis, he, he, he starts walking around the garden with Adam and Eve. Like, I don't know what that walk, that stroll in the garden was like, but I bet it was pretty epic, right? Like, he initiates relationship. He shows from the beginning this like investment in people because he loves us and it's from the beginning. And I think sometimes I can look at it and go, oh, God didn't love us until Jesus. Jesus saved everything, right? But no, from the very beginning, God, out of a love for people, creates us these complex, amazing, good creations in humanity. And the second thing, you know, it, it progresses out of the first. So out of creation, you know, we know the relationship, or maybe you don't know, the relationship with God is severed. Man has choices to make. They, they sin. There's a brokenness created. And we even get this story in Genesis of Abraham and Isaac where God's gonna, gonna ask Abraham a really weird, he's gonna give him a really weird command, says, hey, I want you to sacrifice your son for me. And, and you feel the tension of like Abraham having to sacrifice his own son and right before he's gonna kill his son to be obedient to God, God stops him, an angel stops him and a ram is provided and they sacrifice that ram and worship the Lord. But God was just giving us a little taste of what was coming in the New Testament because when you read that story of Abraham and Isaac, you go, man, for a father to have to give up his son that's a tall task. That's a lot to give up. But as the story of the Old Testament progresses and the brokenness between man and God can't be repaired, God sends Jesus, his only son, to give his life. But before he gives his life, he tells us stories. He heals people. He tells stories like the prodigal son to help us understand how the heart of God works for people. He says, man, the heart of God for you is like if a son took the inheritance of his own father and went and spent it on strippers and booze, disgraced the family name, and he thought to himself, I can never return to my father as his son, but I've already got a plan. I'll just be his slave. So when I come back home, I'm gonna come home, I'll interrupt my dad. 
dad, no, 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 you don't have to say anything. I know you're mad. I'm not your son anymore. I'll just, I'll be your servant, okay? And when he comes home, what's he find? The father says, my son has returned. The narrative that you can outrun or outsend the love of God has been shattered. You cannot do that. Always returning to the father, you will always find open arms and a party thrown for you. He loves his kids. It's the same Jesus that tells story like in John 3, or tells a, gives us the passage out of John 3, 16. It says, for God so loved the world. It didn't say, so, so for God so reluctantly rolled his eyes because humans had messed it up again and he had to come save them in the nick of time. It says, no, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will have eternal life with him. Like, that's a good deal. That's love. And I think so often for me, I didn't give us any groundbreaking news just now. You're at a church and someone told you God loves you. You're like, shocker. Like, I expected to hear something similar to that, right? But for me, at least, it's hard to like sit long enough to embrace, to breathe in the truth. God looks at me. And before I do anything to better myself or worsen myself, before any move is made, before any breath is taken, he looks at me and he loves me. In a culture where we just suffer from comparison, there's always the next thing. There's always the next thing to improve your status, to improve your look, to improve your whatever it is, fill in the blank. In a culture that goes, I'm not good enough until I get, or I thought I was good enough until I saw that product, and now I realized I am a have not, right? In a culture like that, God looks at us and goes, you can do nothing to improve your stock. Your stock is as high as it can be. I love you. I was thinking about uh, my dating relationships in high school. Um, this will make sense in a second. Uh, if you uh, were blessed to have mature dating relationships in high school, you know, good for you, but I did not. And uh, I fell in love with the girl at 16, and she is no longer in my life. You are. Hello. <laughs> um, shout out, God and his goodness. Um, well, this other girl's fine, too. I, mean, I didn't mean that as like shade. Anyway, God, move on. All right. So this girl, I was like, I was in love with her. And she reluctantly dated me. And that might sound like a sweet thing, like, oh, she reluctantly dated me when I really mean she loved me. No, she actually reluctantly kind of dated me. <laughs> like, I kind of forced my way in there. And I remember every day was a new day with her. I literally, I never knew if we're good morning so that I can know that we're good. Because at any point we could be arguing and I didn't know why. And she could be cold toward me and I literally didn't know why. Very hot and cold back and forth relationship. And it actually impacted me for years. I was like, it was my first serious relationship uh, in my mind. And so I was like, is this what it's like? You gotta just like keep, impress like you gotta keep like impressing her, making her like be smooth, talk good games so that she'll like just keep like liking you being around. It's hard for me. And I think sometimes it's easy to slip into that narrative with God. Like there's this sense of like, oh man, I, I've had a bad kind of couple weeks. I feel distant. I feel probably from the Lord. And I can almost feel that insecurity that was birthed in me from a dating relationship creep into me and the Lord. And I just want you to know that the narrative of the gospel is not one of a love that grows cold randomly. Or when you miss the boat, God's like, look, you have this, you have this amount of time to do this amount of things, and then we can be good again. But that the Bible speaks of a love that is, is as consistent as you could have ever hoped. It is unwavering, and it is yours for the taking. It is not contingent on, on what you've done. It's not contingent on your worst mistakes that still only you know. 
and you're still thinking you may never tell someone that you did them. And God looks at you still, says, I love you, and my love is yours for the taking. If you want it, step my way. <laughs> this is the love of God we serve. And so I wanted to give us a, a couple of things to like really step into if we'd be willing and, and to reflect on how deep the Father's love is for us. The first thing is sometime during this week, I don't know what you'll think about this, but I wanna invite you to do this. Before bed, as you're lying in bed or as you're looking in the bathroom mirror after you brush your teeth, I want you to think to yourself, as you're looking at your reflection or just lying in bed, and I want you to think to yourself, God loves me. I realize how simple that is. But just think to yourself, accept the truth, breathe it in slowly. As I lay here today, no matter what my day brought me, he loves me. Let the insecurities rise, the things that you don't want people to see. Let them rise to the surface and then say it again. Loves me. Knew about him. Knew about him before they were even a thing in your life. Loves you. Loves you so much. Proud of you. Did a good job. He said so, you know. I'm not making that up. He literally said it. Loves you. And then if you're in that place of life, consider saying, I love you too. I love you too. I think so often it's easy to slip into this like place with God where you're like, man, I, I believe in God. Uh, my faith is in God. I obey God. My allegiance is to God. My religious association is with God. All these words, at least that's what I slip into. But I, I rarely uh, will talk about how much I like love the Lord. And I think it's a, maybe just a personality thing. I'm more of like a rules guy. Like what do I gotta do to make this work? And what that can do is kind of deteriorate at the relational component, but make no mistake about it. Walking with God, the beauty of it is that you get to be in a relationship with the heavenly father who also happens to be king of the world, right? And I'll do whatever he says, like as best as I can. But on the other side of that, we have a heavenly father that loves us. And so I wanna invite us into an exercise today that we're gonna do together um, where we get to reflect and sit with this very simple truth that God, he loves you right now, is pumped to love you, is, is not fatigued, will never be fatigued of loving you so hard. He just loves you so, so much. So I'm gonna put some scriptures on the screen. And I'm gonna say a few things and then uh, we'll actually participate together. I'll let you know when we begin the exercise together. But right now you can grab the note cards that, that were on your chairs. Um, there was a pen on every other chair. If you need more pens, there's some on the communion tables. And I'm gonna explain a few things, so don't start writing yet, all right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna explain a few things real quick. Here's what I'm going to have you do. You're not doing it yet. I messed it up at the nine. Everyone started writing and I was still talking. My fault. On both sides of the note card at the top, you're gonna write, I love you. Don't do it yet. Don't, all right? Write, I love you at the top of the note card on both sides, okay? And I'm gonna invite us into an exercise that I've done um, that I actually randomly at a coffee shop, but led to go talk to a dude. And then he told me about this exercise and it really helped me as I read scripture. But what he told me that he would do, he would read scripture and then he would write it again in his own words. And sometimes even change, like if it said, for God so loved the world, he'd put like, for God so loved me, right? And I don't wanna be heretical here. We're not changing scripture, okay? The gospel is that God so loved the world. It's not just about us, but it was helpful in some moments to put it in my own language. It helped my brain like process it differently especially with familiar passages. Like when I've heard about God's love, I'm, I'm good. I kind of know it, right? So it doesn't hit me in like the deep reservoirs of my heart. But as I would change the words and, and process it and think through it, it, it would hit my heart in different ways. And so 
on one side where it says, I love you, you're gonna write one of these passages in your own words in ways that are meaningful to you. So an example for me might be, for God loved me so much, he gave me Jesus. And if I believe in him, I won't perish, but I get to live with him forever. Like, that's, that's powerful to me. Like, for me to realize, oh, he loves the world and I'm in the world. That's, that's me. He loves me that much. Like, that's real. And so I wanna invite us on one side of that note card to write that down and see that as God's kind of like love letter to you for the week. Take that with you this week, reflect on it. And then after you've done that for a little bit, turn the card over and under I love you, write a love letter back to God, whatever that means for you. Shift the language a little bit. If you're not used to telling God why you love him, try it out. Like if you've been following God and you're like, man, I, I don't really think that way, I invite you to try something new today. Some things that I think of, God, I love you. It is so sweet that you gave me my family. It's like a very cool thing you do. I love the sense of humor that you've like put in me. It's so fun laughing with friends. Like what a cute like thing you put in humans. I love you. You're so creative. Your creation is beautiful. You're good to me. Like I love you. You're kind. You're loving. You're gracious. I love you. So on one side, we're writing kind of down uh, words from God to us. On the other side, we're writing our own words to God, telling him you love him. But if you're here and you're going, look, this all sounds all sweet and, and nice, but I, I can't, I don't talk that way to God. I'm not in that place. I don't even believe in God or I can't tell God I love him right now. Maybe a plan B for that second part. Write down some good things that have happened to you recently that you're just thankful for. James 1 says that, that all good things, like they come from above. They come from the Father. And so maybe if you're not in a place to just like tell God you love him, maybe just write down some things you're thankful for and consider where those things might've come from. Consider that maybe God put those things in your life because he's good and he loves you. All right, so now you can grab the pen, take the lid off, and write down on the note card, all right? Um, I'm gonna give us five, five, six minutes to do this, um, and then I'll come back up, and then I'll dismiss this to communion. So have fun. <laughs>